Anyway, I don't know what you were doing at uh, 4.30 in the morning, but I was taking my husband to a half marathon in the city, and I thought, before I launch into the word this uh, tonight, see, I don't even know what time of day it is, I was about to say this morning, uh, I thought I'd brag on my hubby, is that okay? So, we got it, we got it, yes, yes, hashtag Speedy Simpson, I know, I know, look at the legs, look at the pins. Uh, so my husband, Damien, he and, and his relay partner came second in the Sydney Morning Herald Half Marathon Relay this morning. Which, um, and that little trophy, I'm sure, is going to take pride of place right beside the television. And uh, he would have been here tonight, but he's lounging like a lizard because he's exhausted. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty good, hey? That's actually uh, his first official... A podium. Um, he's been committing himself to this now for at least three years. And uh, I said, show me the money. Where's the, m-? I thought he'd get a check or something. I thought there'd be a cash prize. But uh, only first place got the cash and a Seiko watch. And all they got was the piece of plastic. But anyway, that piece of plastic is, is very significant. <laughs> so, uh, so look, just let me just say big thanks to, to Hearts and Nat for, uh, for having me. It's been a while. And, and the reason being that I haven't been doing much in the last 12 months. I have, I have been having a break. And uh, after 25 years of high intensity gallivanting around the world for Jesus, um, I thought I'd stop. And so I haven't actually been doing a lot full stop. It's been wonderful. been awesome. So, but Pentecost Sunday is one of my favourite days of the year. And uh, what I'm going to do tonight, for some of you, I'm actually going to help you understand what you've already got. And for some others, you're going to learn something about what you could get. And so, I want to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I want to pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you right now that your word is alive, living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, I just pray you'll take what I say and speak it to each person right where they're at, that that, that they'll hear exactly what they need to hear, that you will highlight exactly what needs to be highlighted. Uh, Father, there's going to be, uh, as in this teaching series, there uh, will be much of your word going forth, but I pray that you'll just, just explode it in our hearts tonight and move, I pray, confirm your word with signs and wonders following in Jesus' name. Amen. And how, how good was Brittany Sabat? You are... I tell you, you preach a whole lot better at 22 than, than I was. That's the honest to God truth. And I actually got a revelation on a message because I'm preaching at another C3 church next Sunday. I've got my morning message, but I don't have a word for the night. And as you shared that revelation of uh, as they were, all that were present were filled, all that were present, I suddenly started to get, this is what happens when someone with a prophetic anointing starts to speak. It's like it clears your spiritual sinuses. It's a bit like, you're a bit like a spiritual sign your tab, Brittany. You know, it's like, I just, I just started to see here, and I started to get this whole revelation about being present because the ones that weren't present 
that weren't filled. <laughs> the ones, it was only the ones who were, but I was getting this whole thing of being attentive and intentional and present in that sense. And anyway, so thank you very much for my new message. <laughs> and on that note, I'm going to start with that scripture. Uh, you might have already heard it uh, more than once today. Let's start with Acts 2, verse 2. On the day of Pentecost, no, verse 1, sorry, all the on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So this actually happened, folks. This is a historic event a life-changing event. Uh, so let's talk about Pentecost, right? Let's talk about Pentecost. The Lord Jesus told them after his resurrection, he told them this, Luke 24, 49. Now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. And so it happened on this particular day, something happened, you understand, had never, ever happened before. It was unprecedented. There was a time and a place. The place was Jerusalem and the time was 10 days after the ascension. On that, on that day, an unprecedented event took place. Now, can you imagine, these, these people had never, had never encountered the Holy Spirit in this way before. And when the Lord Jesus told them, go and wait, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. I wonder what they were imagining. Like, is the Holy Spirit going to come and knock on the door? Like, what does he look like? You know, what, 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 yeah, there was no, pre, there was, there was nothing, no point of reference. There was nothing that they could actually associate with. And, and so when the Holy Spirit came, I don't think he came the way they expected. Because when he came, he came with like a mighty rushing wind and tongues of fire. Mighty rushing wind, tongues of fire. They got more than their money's worth that day. But I'm quite sure it wasn't what they expected. And then there was such a commotion. People standing by thought that the disciples, all 120 of them, were drunk. Because... They, they, they so got so filled with the Holy Spirit, they started speaking these languages that they had never even learnt before. I mean, it was a supernatural event. And so if you read the book of Acts, there are heaps of stories of what happened when the Holy Spirit touched a believer, when the Holy Spirit filled a believer. So, but tonight I want to focus on what this means for you. How does, this, how does this relate for you? When you gave your life to Jesus, oh, I'm getting hot already. The fire's already starting to come on tonight. Oh, here you go. Touch with the mantle, Laura. <laughs> so in John 20, verse 22, the Lord Jesus had already given his disciples the Holy Spirit before Pentecost. Listen to this. It says, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. 
So that was the first experience of the Holy Spirit. And so you might ask, well, well, what's this about? I didn't think the Holy Spirit came until the book of Acts. At that point was when they received his spirit as believers. When you give your life to Jesus, you do actually receive the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? You see, when you give your life to Jesus, when you admit your need for the Lord Jesus, when you open up your heart and receive his free gift of salvation, something supernatural happens. At that point, the Holy Spirit comes into your spirit and bam, your spirit, which had been separated from God, dead in sins, at that point, boom. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says that he who joins himself to the Lord becomes one spirit with God. And so you do actually, at that point, the Holy Spirit comes into your spirit and your spirit, which didn't know God, Bam, is one spirit with God. You've become a child of God. You're a part of his family. It's not God like way up there. No, God in you. So it doesn't matter what denomination. You might meet someone and they're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, not praying in tongues. And if they say, but I've already got the Holy Spirit. Yes, they do have the Holy Spirit. Because no one can say Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit. And so that's your first. That's your first baptism. Baptism into believing. Baptism into believing. But it wasn't enough. Oh, get a bit controversial here. Enough to be born again and go to heaven? Yes. Yes, absolute sufficiency. Your salvation, at the moment that you receive Jesus, repent of your sins, thank you. I receive, I receive you, Lord Jesus. Enough, Jesus is enough. Yes, you're, you're born again. You're going to heaven. But... Enough to live powerful lives on earth? No. No, not according to Jesus, because he told the disciples, you will receive power. You're going to receive something that you don't have. And these were believers. Yeah, they were believers. These were the guys who had spent three years personally walking with the Lord Jesus. You could not have got any closer to Jesus than them. And Jesus said to those guys who had sat under his teaching, who'd been discipled by Jesus, mentored by him, who had received everything Jesus had for them at that time, Jesus said, that wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. He said, now I'm about to go to be with my father. And as I do, I want you to wait to receive power. And so we've got two options. Yes, we, oh, we can receive the Holy Spirit of salvation and going to heaven. Enough, yeah, enough for you, but it's not enough for the others that you're going to meet and who God wants you to impact. Because Jesus said in Acts, Acts 1, I'm going all over the show. I think it was Acts 1, 8. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so this, this infilling of the Holy Spirit, this day of Pentecost, the Pentecost experience that all of us can experience, it didn't stop there on that day, is is not for you, it's actually for others. It gives you power to fulfill your destiny. Gives you power to live this life as conquerors. Gives you power. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, he gives you power. Paul speaking to the church at Ephesus. I love this. I, I love this. 
Acts chapter 19. Actually, I'm going to cut out Ephesus. I'm going to jump to Acts. Apollos was in Corinth. Paul traveled through the interior regions till he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. I love this. So he found believers. Believers. These guys are Jesus followers. Doesn't have to convince them that Jesus is the Son of God. Doesn't have to convince them of the way. But he asked them this. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. I love that. He goes, and what baptism did you experience? And they replied, the baptism of John. So these guys had been baptized in water. Yep, they'd, they'd experienced that baptism. Paul said John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. And so these were believers who then received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. They, were, they believed in Jesus, came alive, one spirit with God, in the God zone, part of his family, baptized in water, up they came. And then filled with the Holy Spirit of power. And, and the sign of that happening was that they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. Let me tell you my testimony. I came to Jesus, I was 19 years old, which is, I'll tell you the year, then you can work out my age. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was 1980, Christmas Day service. I heard a message preached about abundant life. John 10, 10, Jesus said that I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And I thought, this is too good, good an offer to refuse, abundant life. But really, that was, because I thought, that's what I'm looking for. I knew I was looking for something. And by the way, no one had invited me to church. I just wanted to go to church on Christmas Day. I come from a Catholic um, family. Uh, but I hadn't, honestly, we never even went to church Catholics. You know, you hear about people, Christmas Easter Catholics. We weren't even Christmas Easter Catholics. We were, we were funerals and wedding Catholics. That's it. That is the only time we set foot in a church. And, but I'd been getting spiritually hungry. Oh, I was starting to ask questions. Uh, I remember the priest would come to a Catholic girls' school. The priest would come to take mass, hear confessions, and I'd go into confession and start questioning. Why am I calling you Father? The Bible tells me not to call anyone Father, but my Heavenly Father anyway. I was just inquisitive. Just... And, but I was looking for something, but I couldn't identify what it was that I was looking for. And one day, I literally saw an advertisement in the newspaper for this Christmas Day service, and I just drove. Actually, uh, it was Morley AOG on Walter Road in, in Morley for you Perth people. I'm a Perth, I'm a, I'm a Perth person. There's a few of us around. Uh, and uh, the racist. And uh, go West Coast Eagles. Uh, and... I got distracted now. I'm terrible. Got terrible attention span. And, and uh, so I heard this message. Abundant life. That's abundant life. Penny drop. That's what I'm looking for. Life. I would have said I was looking for a cause. I was looking for a purpose or looking for the meaning of life. But when I heard that abundant life, and I literally, as I walked out of the door, of that church, the pastor wished me a Merry Christmas and I burst into tears. And he asked me the question, have you given your life to Jesus? 
something like that and giving your heart to the Lord. To be honest, I didn't understand the question. You might be here tonight and you don't totally understand the question either. And I thought, well, I'd be christened, first Holy Communion, confirmed. I thought three times that I know of. So I said to him, well, I said, well, I think so. I think so. But if you think so and don't know so, you probably haven't so. And he literally just took my hand and led me in a prayer there at the doorstep of that church. And I can't even tell you that I totally understood. I didn't understand the theology. I mean, I'd read very little of the Bible. My year 11, 12 high school English literature teacher had given me my first ever Bible. It was an old King James. He was a Seventh-day Adventist. And um, what he was doing in a Catholic girls' school, I've got no idea how they let him in. But there he was. And uh, I... I, uh, I, anyway, I, that day, I opened up my heart to the Lord, and all I could say is that I just admitted that I needed Him. That's really as, as, as real as it got. It was like, you know, something's missing, and, and I'm feeling something here, and I'm thinking maybe... You're the missing piece. And even the prayer that I prayed, I didn't totally understand what I was praying. But I remember as I walked out of that church, I literally, there was, a, there was a, something had lifted. I, I, now, it's not about feeling something, but I actually did. Like, I, I felt a weight lift off me. I, I, I started singing. It was like I started singing, driving home, singing songs that I'd heard for the first time that day. Something was activated in me. I tell you what it was. It was life. It was eternal life. Jesus was now alive on the inside of me. And from that point on, I wanted more. I, I, was, I, I was hungry. I, I started going to church. And when I started going to church, I wasn't Catholic church. I didn't realize how religious my family were, especially my dad. I didn't think he'd care. He said, stop going to the Catholic church. I thought, well, I didn't stop. I was never there. You know, <laughs> neither are you. Like, why are you? But Tell you what, World War III started in, in, in our family that day. Uh, but I, I knew I'd found what I'd been looking for. Two months later, I was at youth group. And at the time, I was doing a new Christians course. I hadn't even learned about baptism of the Holy Spirit. That was going to be the next week's class. And my youth pastor said to me, Vicky, are you baptized in the Holy Spirit? I said, oh, I'm going to learn about that next week. He said, well, you can actually have it tonight. And... I was a bit nervous because I was a little, I was a little unsure. I, 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 wanted to, I, I wanted to understand. I wanted, but he was intent on me receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit that night. He said, well, I want to pray for you. I went, okay. Again, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what I was going to get. I knew, hearing people around me, that when they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, they started making funny sounds, and I couldn't do that. And I did try. I tried to make it up, but I couldn't. And they prayed for me. And first thing I experienced was I got hot. I started to burn. Like I, and, and then I started to get this funny sound in my head. Now, some people have funny ideas about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some people think that the Holy Spirit's just going to come and take control and do the talking through you. You know, like you're going to be kind of be channeling the Holy Spirit. Like he just starts to waggle your tongue. And, and so people often get stuck 
Now, some people do have a very powerful experience where they just bubble up and start to speak in this heavenly language they've never learned before. But for me, it kind of it got it got stuck in here, and I had this sound going in my head, and it was this: "Bali hai, bali hai, bali hai, bali hai, bali hai, bali hai." And I'm thinking, that can't be it. So I'm hearing people, and I'm going, bali hai, bali hai, bali hai. I'm thinking. And so I'm thinking, no, that's not it. And I'm getting hotter and hotter and hotter. And he's saying, just speak it out. Just speak it out. And I'm thinking, what, 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 what am I speaking? Like, that, that's not it. I'm making that up. And there's some of you here tonight, and you've been stuck at that place in your head. And God might just sow that sound. And I actually had to speak it. And in the end, I thought, oh, I'm so embarrassed. I feel so self-conscious. Everyone's standing around. And you can feel them with their ears to you. They're trying to hear what you're going to say. I'm like, you know, performance pressure here. And so and he's saying, just speak it out and speak it out in faith. Because when you're faithful with a the little, then God will give you more. And so I'm thinking, Bali High, isn't that? Anyone seen the movie South Pacific? Bali High. I'm thinking, I'm making this up. It's, but I did. It's what I did. I just started saying, Bali High, Bali High, Bali and, and, and then as I started to say that, so I did the speaking, right? I did the speaking. But as I did, it was like my, I remember feeling my lips starting to shake and tremor. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, something's going on. I think I hit the deck. Now, the next day I went to work. Now, remember what I said, Acts 1.8 says, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses. Baptism of the Holy Spirit equips you to be a powerful witness. I go to work the next day. I worked in a, in a public service office. And uh, we, back in the day, we used to stop at morning tea. There was smoko. People would still smoke in the office. And we'll gather around. And so I decided I was going to tell them all what had happened the night before. So they thought, oh, you're talking about stuff. And I said, you want to hear what happened to me last night? And they're what? I said, well, I received the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. And I started, and by that time, because I'd been driving in my car and I'd been practicing, and the more I practiced, the freer I got, and it was, so I'm like, they're like looking at me. And uh, I was so excited. I was so happy. I was, it was just, honestly, the baptism of the Holy Spirit changed my life. It was, and this was an interesting thing. People assume, people assume that, that Christians assume that others will be freaked out by this stuff. And, and some of you are even too scared to invite your friends to church because you think, oh, they're, they're going to be freaked out by this stuff. Not, no, they're not. Not, especially not in 2018. They see freakier stuff at the cinema. They see freakier stuff at the psychics. They go and see clairvoyance and this society is more supernatural than you realize. They, they think it's secular, but in actual fact, there's this supernatural undercurrent that a lot of people are dabbling in. And, and I found most people were really happy for me. Oh, wow, this is, wow, you seem so happy, Vicky. Like, this is one girl, I'll never forget, one girl, uh, she, uh, she stayed on. The others went back to their, their desk and she was, <laughs> remember her, she, she was smoking. She goes, do it again. Okay. She's like, 
She's looking at me. She's trying to work it out. Do it again. And so I receive boldness. Let me tell you very quickly what tongues is not. It's not demonic. I was demonic for, for many years and I never spoke in tongues. I never spoke in tongues before I, I, I met Jesus. It's not just for the early church because, if, have a look at Acts, they, they established a pattern of passing it on. Passing it on. Okay, it's not gibberish made up by people. Try and make up a new language. It's really difficult. I did try. It, it, it's, it's not just the gift of languages. We're not just talking about linguists. People who can pick up foreign languages. It's not a reward for being really spiritual. It's not God's endorsement of someone's character. It's not earned or deserved. None of us are earning or deserving enough. None of us are holy or good enough. This is a gift. Free grace gift from God. I tell you what tongues is. They also hear it referred to as your heavenly language. When you hear someone say your heavenly language, the same thing. Praying in tongues, heavenly praying in the spirit, same thing. It's supernatural. That's what it is. 1 Corinthians 13.1, Apostle Paul said, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels. Men and angels. So tongues of angels is talking about this. It's supernatural. It's from heaven. It's heavenly. So now I'm speaking with tongues of men. I'm speaking English, like mother tongue. You know, I could throw a bit of Italian at you, a bit of, you know, also a bit of, you know, Ticanis and a bit of Ola and whatever other language you want. A bit of, a bit, a bit of Dutch few things I know, but angels, see, I just choose to. Some of you think it's something that just whoo, comes on you and, oh, you lose control. Someone here tonight, you've got a fear of losing control. No, no, you, you actually do have control of this. I'm the one who activates it. I've got the ability from God. It's just like, okay, just like English. I've got the ability to speak English at any time. But I've got to activate it. No one can make me speak. It's the same in the heavenly language. See, I choose. It's my, it's my voice. He gives me the language, but it's my voice. So it's, it's uh, tongues of men and angels. 1 Corinthians 14 2 says, For if you have the ability to speak with tongues, you'll be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. Some people have opposition to tongues because they can't understand it. How can I speak? How can I speak something I don't understand? Because you're speaking to God. It says in 1 Corinthians 14 too, you're speaking to God. People won't be able to understand you because you will be speaking by the power of the Spirit and it will all be mysterious. So God knows exactly what you're saying. And that's what matters. I had someone come to me in a service in, uh, in New Zealand. I was, I was actually speaking on, on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, having an opportunity to pray for people. This lady came up to me. She was a linguist. And she said, I, I, I really struggle with the whole idea of language without meaning. I said, well, this stuff has meaning. Just because your natural intellect doesn't understand. I said, it's not meant to. And I showed her this scripture. Your mind is actually not meant to understand it. I said, it's meaningful in the realm of the Spirit. I'll tell you what, just that scripture set her free and she was able to receive. Grab the worship team. Just um, 
pop back up, please? Tell you what else it gives you. Remember I told you, I'm letting you know what you've already got. For those of you who already got baptism in the Holy Spirit, power to pray. Okay, read, read Romans 8, 26, 27. I won't uh, go, through, go through that tonight. But simply that language, when you don't know what to pray, and you don't have the words. Oh, I love, I love the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Oh, what would I do without, with, without my heavenly language? It's faith building. Jude, book of Jude, verse 20. Building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So when you pray in the Holy Spirit, Tim, I see the water table of faith arising in your life. You, I, see it, I, I see it expanding. Faith Faith taking on, on substance and weight in you like never before. And I see praying in the Holy Ghost being a key because it builds up your most holy faith. I see some challenges before you and you're like looking at it. How, how am I going to navigate this? How are we going to break through this? How are we going to... Tongues is one of your keys because it builds up your most holy faith. It needs to be built like in the natural. You know, we work out, build, body build. I see the body of faith within you needing to be built. And here's, here's a key. Mm. I figure if the apostles who hung out with Jesus needed this, so do we. <laughs> you know, and it, it is with you always. The Holy Spirit is with you always. I love the fact now that I can pray in tongues in the car and people aren't looking at me like I'm strange because they just assume I'm on the phone. <laughs> that I can be walking the streets of DY as I go on my prayer walk and I've got my music in my ears on my podcast. I've got my phone here and I'm praying in tongues. People assume I'm talking to someone on the phone. Apostle Paul said, 1 Corinthians 14, 18, 19, I speak in tongues more than you all. And he wasn't in the upper room, by the way. He, he wasn't there on the day of Pentecost. But he had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some of you need to reactivate the gift of tongues. You don't realise what you've got. You don't realise what you've got. Stuff happens. When you're praying in the Spirit, praying perfect will of God whatever the challenges you're facing right now as you focus on it pray for your understanding but then pray in the spirit oh man and you know what there's more than one as you walk in this you'll get you'll get given other tonight I believe some of you are going to be given new prayer languages I did only I've been do, I have been spirit filled for like what 30 eight years and only this week praying for a situation, I started praying in a language that I had never, ever heard. Like, like something totally, I thought, what the heck is this? This sounds, this, but no, I, I'm just in my car. That's where I do my best praying. No one can hear me. No, and I'm loud. And I'm, and, and I think, man, where's this from Siberia or something? I've never heard this before. Sometimes it's, 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 one sound, just one sound, and I'm just ha 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 ha, like I'm chopping wood, ha ha ha, chopping through something. But you see, you can't be led by your eyes. You start thinking, "Oh, this is stupid." You're gonna miss it. Oh my gosh, there are breakthroughs to be had 
on the other end of your of your spiritual prayer, of, of praying in the Holy Ghost. Some of you, there's going to be new languages tonight, really. Some, now, let me tell you something. In Acts chapter 4, the same guys who are in Acts chapter 2, the same ones who experienced tongues of fire, yeah, mighty rushing wind, they had the audacity to ask to be filled again. You would think that they had just received the filling of all infillings. Like never needed to be filled again. Like that, they were there on the day of Pentecost for heaven's sake. But in Acts chapter 4, they came back. They asked to be filled again. The goal. But you know what? You know what happened? It happened all over again. The shaking was shaking. Some of you need to be filled again. You need to be filled again. Oh, life is tough enough as it is, but the Lord gave us His Holy Spirit. We would have power.